This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Car Talk on National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Department of Form versus Function Department. Get that? <laughs> Department of Form versus Function Department. Yes. Here at Car Talk Plaza. Now, we've been taken to task on the issue of form versus function this week by Jim and Elizabeth Ann Glasgow from Rockwall, Texas. And I read to you the following. Dear Click and Clack, I heard you talking last week about the cars you drive. That are somebody else's cars, these loaner cars that the manufacturers are nice enough to let us drive. Your opinion of the had, fun, had been, had been, been nice, nice enough, enough to let us drive for the Taurus incident. <laughs> there was an incident, Jerry. <laughs> Your opinion of the Firebird was especially interesting to me. That wasn't last week. How old is this letter? Doesn't oh, matter. Doesn't it's unimportant. Particularly since I've heard you praise the Volvo, the second ugliest car in the world. Maybe you like the Saab more since it is even uglier than the Volvo. Hmm. Wherever you got the idea that the main function of a car is to be practical, I cannot imagine. Uh-huh. It is certainly not a part of your Italian heritage. The Roman Colosseum is functional. That's where they fed numbskulls like you guys to the lions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a friendly little letter, isn't it? Indeed. If you wanted real functional practicality, you would just stay home to start with. It costs less, and you never need to watch a mechanic shrug. Okay. The main duty of a car is to be good-looking. Really? To turn heads, to make others jealous, and to make the driver feel rich and famous. Ooh. Really? A car that really does its job is one that will do all this and also make your teeth shiny, your hair curly, and childbirth easy. (laughs) A Firebird can do this. A Jaguar can do this. A Volvo cannot do this. Well, here's my my feeling. Here's my thoughts. Here are my (laughs) thoughts on that. Yeah. All cars should be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll recount the little story. Go the t- right ahead. The, the time that you lured me into the back alley, where, where, that <laughs> building that you lived in. Oh! <laughs> to help jumpstart a neighbor's car. Well, I was trying to be a nice guy and with the, your car. And the alley was barely wide enough for my car, and it was covered with a sheet of ice. It was the middle of winter. Yeah. Unsuccessfully, we tried to jump this car, realizing there was something more wrong with it than a dead battery. And my brother leaves. He says, well, okay, see you later. The person who owned the car leaves. And they leave me there to find my way out of this alley. And, of course, now it's dark and even slipperier. Right. And I had just, I was driving my Ford. It was a 76 Ford, if I remember. The LTD. How well I remember. The green LTD. That's the one that caught fire in the hotel in (laughs) Montreal. That's another story. That's another story. (laughs) And as I was trying to get out of that narrow alley, I scratched my car and I became infuriated. Ooh. At you! <laughs> Me? <laughs> I was trying to be a good Samaritan with your car. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I was infuriated. Yeah, so what's that going to do with form versus well, function? Had it been My a week car. earlier, yeah, when the car hadn't been all fixed up and painted, oh. I would have just floored it. Sure, you'd have made it out. I would have made it out. It would have banged on both sides. You know, all the buildings on either side would have banged it all up and scratched uh-huh. it. But I wouldn't have cared. You realize how many altercations take place every day 
over cars that get scratched or nicked by some inconsiderate person because there are some people, mm-hmm. like the Glasgow's, who consider the beauty of their car yeah. most important. They're taking it too seriously. Yeah, I mean... Exactly. I mean, do I worry when I hit somebody? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but if I had a Jaguar, I would be nervous all the time. I would like to also point out to you, Jimmy, that it's dangerous simply liking something because it looks good isn't necessarily the best way to go. As your wife's, uh, as wives my, have discovered over the years. <laughs> no, as I've discovered regarding <laughs> all my wives. I mean, you got to look for something deeper, Jim. You can't just go for cute. That's right. Cute can get you in a lot of trouble. We know that. Cute's good for half an hour. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to hear other people's opinions on this. Yes, matter. I'm sure. Well, this is a very, very, very serious issue it is. that Jim has brought up. It is. It is indeed. And it might I mean, be... Life-altering, you I might, mean, one is, might say. This is something that Detroit and Tokyo probably want to hear about. Maybe. Maybe. Well, there were, there were companies, there have been companies in the past that have made cars uh, which clearly uh, 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 exhibited the function over form notion. Oh, like American yeah. Motors. And American Motors, they exist exactly. No more. And Chrysler, of course, continues to do that, but that's <laughs> that's <laughs> in business. a fine tradition. <laughs> anyway, if you'd like to call us, our number is one 332 9287 Remind me later to tell the the hotel story. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> you're on car talk. Hi, how you guys doing? How you doing? Good. Who's this? This is Stephanie calling from Harbor Springs, Michigan. Hi, Stephanie. Stephanie, is that with an F or a PH? PH. Woo! Good for you. From where? From Harbor Springs, Michigan. Harbor Springs. Never heard of it, but we, we take your word for it. Michigan. <laughs> it's way up there. Way up, up there. It's a great oh, place. Oh, one yes. of those peninsula people. <laughs> mm, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Okay. All right, well, here's my problem. I've got a 1986 Subaru. Got the GL, the big station wagon kind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, a big V8, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it came with four-wheel drive when I bought it used. But after I drove it around for a while, the rear drive shaft got all rusted, and one day it just fell out of the car. <laughs> it literally fell out of the car? It fell out of the car. Unnecessary. You left it off, right? <laughs> well, sure. I yeah. mean, I wasn't going to stop in the road and go pick it up. No, and besides, if it fell off, it couldn't have been any good. Exactly. Yeah. So you I told the right my family, thing. this part fell off. It doesn't have four-wheel drive anymore. They all kind of moaned with me about the expensive part, and we let it go. Two weeks ago, I needed to drive downstate, and my mom gave me her car, and she took mine because I didn't think that it would make it. It has a little bit of a weak clutch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in the course of one weekend, about 15 snowflakes fell out of the sky, and she decided that she needed to put it in four-wheel drive or else she'd be in an accident. Oh. Okay. So when I got home that weekend, she said to me, Stephanie, I had a little bit of a problem with your car. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, what kind of problem? And she said, well, maybe you ought to just go start her up. Yeah. So I went out <laughs> if there. If you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started it up. I put it in gear, and I hit the gas, and, and nothing happened. Exactly. It won't move. It won't move at all. Oh, I, right. I, I, got the whole, I have the whole picture. She is trying to attribute this, uh, this problem that the car currently has with the fact that your drive shaft fell out and you didn't replace it. <laughs> Where we all know that mom, who's accustomed to driving an automatic transmission car, burned out your clutch. <laughs> no. That's what I was worried about. No, she didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. Did you take did you get it take it out of four wheel drive? 
said that she took it out of four-wheel drive, but she's never driven a four-wheel drive vehicle before in her life. I don't even know how she engaged four-wheel drive. How could she if it wasn't there? Where is that that device? In front of the house. <laughs> exactly. No, no, where's the, where's the little lever that goes from four-wheel drive to two-wheel drive? It's in two-wheel drive now. Exactly. It makes no difference what position it is. The car won't move because mom lunched the clutch. Oh, I think that's the, that's the crux of the problem here. Well, but if it were in four-wheel drive... It wouldn't make any difference. What happened to Stephanie's car is that the back piece of the drive shaft fell out. Right. Okay. So when, when mom put it in four-wheel drive, it just the it, little light came on. I mean, the, right. the thing, the transfer case doesn't know that the shaft is right. missing. And, and the, the inside of the, of the shaft started spinning, but there was nothing for the spinning to go to. Because it's not connected to the rear wheels anymore. Right. Because that second piece of the drive shaft is missing. But that didn't burn out the clutch. What burned out the clutch was her inability to drive a manual shift car. Does she typically drive an automatic? Oh, yeah. She drives a Volvo, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that, yeah those Volvo drivers, they're animals. <laughs> well, it may, it, it, it may be the case that your clutch, as you mentioned, was already on the way out. Well, it was it was weak. It was still running, though. You just had to, you know, baby it a little. And what do you uh, mean it was weak? Describe weak. You mean it was slipping? Okay, yeah, exactly. When you would go, you put it in gear and you'd hit the accelerator. Yeah. Um, yeah. The it engine would not would... accelerate quickly, and you could hear the car like uh, you watch up. the um, odometer go and yeah. fly up and go down again. Yeah. And yeah. You have to no, back it was off a little. it was done for before you gave her the keys. Yeah. She just finished it. She she finished it. She applied the coup de gras. Well, she probably sat there trying it several times, trying to get it to go, and that's it. Yeah, did she call you up at some point and ask you what that smell is when when you try to drive the car? (laughs) No, I think that was categorized under, I had a small problem. I had a small (laughs) problem. Yeah, but she's not responsible at all. She's not responsible at all. I mean, she Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Has she offered to kick in a little bit for the replacement of the clutch? Does no, she... and I've been told I'm looking at about $600. Oh, yeah. Do you mean that if we gave the appropriate answer, you might be able to actually convince her to kick in 300 bucks of the six? Well, all I know is that when I left the car there, it ran. Yeah. And when I got home... It didn't. It didn't. I mean, if we were to give the appropriate answer, even if it were wrong, would you, would you, would you, would you, would you think it was ethical? To get mom to kick in 300 bucks? I mean, we could easily say she lunched your clutch and she clearly should pay the whole 600 bucks because the thing was perfect when you left it. And she'll protest. It and, ran. And she'll give you three. Is that what you want? That's exactly you what want I a, want. You want a, a letter from us? Sure. I'd yeah. love one. That would be an outright lie, <laughs> on the other hand. Because, I mean, you could, you could compare this, for example, to someone who is in the last stages of life. A 105-year-old person with every single thing wrong with his body. Right, and he happens... And, and, and he happens to stay at your house for the weekend and And you push dies. him down a flight of stairs. <laughs> no, he drops dead. Now, are his... Is his mother going to come <laughs> and give you a hard time and say, you killed my little boy, my 105-year-old boy? No, the guy was dead practically when he got there, as was your clutch. It was a pure coincidence that it happened to happen when you went downstate. It had nothing to do with her putting it in four-wheel drive. No. And nah. It nah. No. Nah. Uh, and if and you, even if it did. Even if it did, she's your mother, for yeah. God's sakes. Yeah. And, Come and on. Christmas is coming. Don't you want a present? <laughs> <laughs> Fork over the 600 bucks. The clutch was lunched before you even gave her the car. 
Yeah. So we can't, in all good conscience, blame your mother in the slightest. No, as a matter of fact, she may have, in fact, done you a favor. Oh, no. Because had she not burned the clutch out, you might have been tempted to drive it that last time, and you might have gotten stuck far away from home, right, with a clutch that didn't work, and you would have incurred a huge tow charge. Yeah, that's probably true. That's exactly true. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about it. All right. To make amends, buy your mother some flowers and... And, te- and thank her profusely for saving you from a, a horrible weekend. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. See you, Stephanie. Stephanie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with the answer to the puzzler after these messages. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, do you remember last week's puzzler? Yes, I do. You do not. Do the names Neil the Real Deal Scalapini <laughs> and Krusty Krustini mean anything to you? No. Well, good, because it didn't have anything to do with that. I know that. Last week's puzzler. Um, this was kind of cute, actually. It, it, it has it has of, all of the necessary elements. Was it long and drawn out and obfuscated? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> it came to us from a listener named Justin Hartley from Hartford. I'll pronounce it correctly. Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut. And I'll read it in his words. In 1935, I took my girl for a ride in my new Chevrolet 6. I remember it. It was good. It was good. We drove across, get this, the newly opened George Washington Bridge and parked in Lover's Lane in Alpine, New Jersey, overlooking the New York skyline. I can hardly think of anything more romantic. Romantic. Well, I could actually think of a few things. Anyway, If if the radio had been invented, he would have been listening to it. To further fuel the romantic mood, (laughs) I turned on the radio to some mood music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a 1935 car radio used vacuum tubes, which drew a lot of current because they had to heat up the tubes, right? I mean, sure. A lot of juice involved yeah. here. The cathode. Right. And, of course, this radio, it must have taken them a long time to get in the mood, and drew heavily on the six-volt battery. And sure enough, when the time came to leave, the starter wouldn't turn fast enough, just as he had planned it, I think. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't turn fast enough to start the engine. Right. It was going, the car won't start. Right. Start. Cranking too slowly. And he knew he was going to be in trouble because he had promised to have his girl home by 11, I guess. Does he mention who, what her name was? No. No. Okay. So you get the picture? He Does turns the key. Does his wife know about this? The car goes, roar, roar, roar. The battery is clearly dead. There's nobody around to give him a jump start. At least nobody dare bother. <laughs> right. You know. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> get out of here. 
<laughs> yeah, so, actually, so that's a says, difficult situation. It, isn't it? it is rather. <laughs> I guess you have to wait till the windows are no longer fogged up. I don't know. So he says he started the car using the only tool that he had: a pair of pliers. Wow. And the question is, or was, still is, shall will be, be forevermore for the next couple of seconds at least. How did Justin do it? How did he do it? How did he use a pair of pliers to get the car to start? This is actually a pretty neat trick. It is a pretty neat trick, and yeah. it's something you couldn't do with most cars these days because you couldn't... You couldn't find the spark plugs. You couldn't do this with a pair of pliers anymore. But what Justin did, this this flathead six-cylinder engine had the plugs all sitting on top, and you could easily take one or more of them out... That's right. ...very easily with a pair of pliers. You just lock those pliers around that... And by doing so, and making the engine not a six-cylinder anymore, but a five-cylinder... You'd make it easier to crank, and that weak battery... Because you have one less cylinder in which gases are being compressed. Exactly one right. One fewer cylinder. I'm, so, <gasps> I'm sorry. Bite your tongue. Yeah. So you'd have one less cylinder, <laughs> and in fact, the thing would turn over, and it would go... Bah, 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 bah. It sound like a Gatling gun, but at least it would run. And then you could run it for enough time to recharge the battery... And try it out again. Throw that plug back in. And do, you, do you have to shut off the engine to put that plug in, or can you just do it on the fly? Do it on the fly. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was good. I thought, and now you're going to ask me, do we have a winner? No, I'm not. And I'm going to look on this sheet of paper that Dougie has slipped, just slipped under the door. I'm not going to ask you. And it's going to say, yes, we have a winner. And the winner is Ed Collins. Ed Collins. Ed Collins <laughs> from Mesa, Arizona. Ed Collins. Boy, he must be thrilled right now. Imagine sitting by your radio, hearing your name mentioned as the winner of the puzzler. My God. <laughs> uh, what does he win? He gets, uh, what does he get? A copy of our meteoric new cassette slash CD, the best of car talk. Uh, we've pushed this a lot now. We got a million calls for this. It features some of the best calls that we remember from the last 22 years of car talk. There may have been better calls, but they're the only ones we could find. And so... What's his name? Ed Collins. You win. That's it. Oh. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyway, what? Anyway, what? Well, if you didn't win the puzzle and you want a copy of the best of Car Talk, you can call our shameless commercial division. Oh, yeah. The number there. Okay. And I'm going to do this very slowly. Yeah, because people keep saying, what was that number? What was that number? 303. Yeah, I got it. 303. Five nine five. Five nine niner five. Five niner zero five. <laughs> okay, we'll give that number fifteen or twenty more times during the show in case Wait, you. We got to get rid of these CDs. <laughs> anyway, we have an, another new puzzler, non-automotive, completely oh. non-automotive. Although it can be made automotive, and I'm sure you'll do that if you'd like. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got to tell this story because this is one of the meanest things my brother <laughs> has ever done to me. <laughs> Aside from breaking my nose when I was a little that boy. That was an accident. That's what you say. You had that fiendish look on no, your face. No, it was an accident. I was trying out my curveball. No, you're trying your, but you told me to put my hands behind my back. <laughs> and I listened. You did. You were a dumb little kid. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw you my curveball. You can't use your hands to catch it. Why not, Tommy? <laughs> catch it in your teeth. That's how I did it when I was a kid. <laughs> when Dad taught me. <laughs> <laughs> Many years ago, I took my family on a trip to Montreal, Canada. Yeah. yeah. Back when I, they, I remember this. <laughs> back when they still spoke a little bit of English there, but not very much. Yeah. And we had spent a couple of days at this wonderful hotel whose name I don't remember. 
And uh, one night I was sitting in our room watching the television and the phone rang. And I picked it up and the voice said, uh, Monsieur Magliosi? I said, uh, yes, uh, this is Henri, the concierge. I said, yes. Did you, did you used to own a late model Ford LTD? And I, I said, pardon me, used to own? Monsieur. There has been an unfortunate accident. There has been a terrible fire in the garage of the hotel. And your car is burnt to a crisp. Totally demolished. Mon Dieu. And as he was explaining this with this beautiful French-English accent, my mind was racing trying to figure out how I was going to get the family back to Boston without a car. And the contraband and, and, the, and the 500 Cuban cigars that I had bought. Exactly. And it was only after many minutes of my agonizing and asking uh, Henri what I could do, where I could rent a car. And, of course, every question I asked it was, no, 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 monsieur, that is impossible. We don't rent cars in Canada, et cetera, et cetera. And as I got more and more despondent, finally... Henri began to laugh, <laughs> and I realized it was, it, it was my brother. So I just want everyone to know what a mean streak he has in him. <laughs> that was, I, I have to say, I had a rollicking good time. <laughs> I did call Dougie once to pretend to be an internal revenue agent. <laughs> there, I rest my kids. <laughs> well, I had a good teacher <laughs> We'll be right back with more calls and the new puzzler after these messages. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact. We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So, the work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer. To learn more, go to cancer.org. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.
Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk on National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tabbitt Brothers, and we're here to discuss cars, car repair, and the relentless pursuit of perfection. I Just today, our esteemed intern, Catherine. Mm-hmm. What's Catherine's last name? Ray. Ray? Yeah, like That's a ray of sunshine. Thing. A ray of sunshine. Catherine Ray said to me, you know, Tom, she said, as she is wont to do, she said, you know, Tom... You I got something stuck on your beard. <laughs> no, no. No? She said, I think the intelligence of the listening audience... Has improved? Is, de- ...is decreasing. Oh, that's good, maybe. She was doing this, she said this, based on her perusal of mail uh-huh. for this past week. Now, just the week before, <laughs> it's dated July. <laughs> but I got to but, it, didn't I? Yeah. Roger Eakin sends me this mem- this little memo. You? You? Not us. No, I'm sorry. Both of us. Dear Tom and Ray, (laughs) regarding your recent request for mail, specifically eloquent literary creations, I have something which may be helpful to those who aspire to produce the aforementioned excellence in correspondence. Already it's beginning to sound good, isn't it? Already it sounds better than anything we could do. Reference the enclosed document. I was astounded to discover this phenomenal work in my email mailbox when cruising the information superhighway. Imagine at 35 my, miles an hour, right? At I'm 35 sure. miles an hour, which is plenty good <laughs> enough. Where the heck is everybody going in such a hurry anyway? You must own a Macintosh computer, right? <laughs> if you're driving at 35. <laughs> Imagine my surprise as each concept unfolded. Now, I should tell you that this is entitled How to Write Good. <laughs> it is a list of, of important but often forgotten rules of English. Okay. Imagine my surprise. Did I read this sentence three times (laughs) as each concept unfolded? My jaw convulsed in wonder as the individual lines of text slithered over my mesmerized brain. It was at that instant I realized, cataclysmically, this must be some sort of Rosetta Stone. Indeed, the key to written excellence for the English language, a virtual tour de force in literary instruction. He's on the Andy scale already. He is indeed. I have taken this prized monumental This may tablet. be Andy writing under an <laughs> assumed name. Under an assumed name of Roger Eakin from Bonnie Lake, Washington. <laughs> I won't even read from the Rosetta Stone, must I? Well, well I'll give you a little maybe, sample. Maybe every week you can give us a little excerpt. I'll give you the first one. It's entitled, the, docu- the, the, the Rosetta Stone here. How to write real good. The document, how to write good. Number one, avoid cliches like the plague. They're old hat. <laughs> okay, next week I'll read another. Yes, I, I just can't wait. All right. It is like a Rosetta Stone, isn't it? Talking about the relentless pursuit of perfection, it's obviously time for what? The puzzle. <laughs> you said it was a rollicking. New pu- I, I believe you first discovered this word rollicking just a few weeks ago when you attended a meeting of the International Motor Press Association. Is that correct? Yes, I did. (laughs) And you said to me the next day, because I had to miss it, I was busy. (laughs) You said we had a rollicking good time. (laughs) We did, and you missed it. I did, yeah. It's a good word. I like it. All right, here it is, and I'll make it as brief as possible. Possible, yeah. You ready? You're paying attention. I'm wide awake. Pay careful attention. This is a non-automotive. Would you like it to be automotive? I like automotive, yeah. A night watchman worked for a large automotive company for several years. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, go ahead. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> One Tuesday morning, he runs into the company president's office and demands to see the president immediately. Mm. The, the secretary obviously tries to get shut him away, but he, he, he will not be denied. And he finally gets into the president's office and he says, I had a horrible dream last night that you were flying on an airplane that crashed and everyone on board was killed. It was so real that I had to come and tell you immediately. Wow. The president, in fact, had planned to fly to Los Angeles that very same day for a business meeting. The seat cover convention, I, I believe. <laughs> right. He decides to cancel those plans based on what the night watchman told him. Yeah. Being the superstitious guy that he is. That night on the 11 o'clock news, the president learns that the airplane he was supposed to be on had crashed, killing everyone on board except him, because he was. Because he wasn't on board. board. <laughs> right. It didn't kill anybody who wasn't on board. No. That's good. <laughs> including the millions of other people that were not on board. Yeah. Think about that. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, we never look at things we like that. That's right. We always yeah. look at it as the negative. Look at all the people that weren't killed. <laughs> that's right. The next morning, he summons the watchman to his office. Yeah. And fires Probably. him on the spot. I he was going to give him a kiss on both cheeks. He did. Then he fired him. <laughs> fires him on the spot. Why? Ha. If you think you know the answer, I told you to pay attention, and I'm sure you didn't. If you know the answer, write that answer on a postcard or the back of a $20 bill or one of those useless $100 bills, as we all know about now. See, now I don't know and why, but you said pay attention. I, I sort of was paying attention. The only piece of that story that made me somehow, someplace, something clicked was the mention of the 11 o'clock news. Really? And I don't know why. No, it has, it has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with it whatsoever. Okay, fine. I'll change it. <laughs> that night he watched the 10 o'clock news. <laughs> okay. If you think you know the answer, write it on a postcard or the back of a $20 bill and mail it to us at Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Ma 02238. And if we choose your answer at random from among all of the correct answers and you catch us, We'll send you a copy of the best of Car Talk on cassette or CD, which we remind you is not necessarily good. It's the best that we can do. Got it? We, us, you know, that's as good as it gets from us. Incidentally, I, I have to mention Eric P. Salonen, who sent us that, that this little puzzler which I, that I used this week. So we have to send him some piece of Car Talk junk. What are we trying to get rid of this week? Mugs? Hats? <laughs> Hats, CDs. We'll give them a CD. We've got a million of those anyway. If you'd like to call us, the number is 1-800-332. At least they're flat. 9287. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Who's this? It's Bill Bailey in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bill Bailey, won't you please come home? Ah, uh, yes, if I had five bucks for every time I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you'd hear it from me. Exactly. <laughs> What's up, William? Well, um, I have a Chevrolet Blazer, one of the big K5 models. Uh -huh. Oh, ah, big guy, K5. Drive. What year is it? It's '88. I thought it was '95. <laughs> and it's actually in in very nice shape. I've managed to pour tons of money into it and <laughs> keep it in pretty good shape. However, I, I recently had a, a very strange occurrence. It turned 100,000 miles, which I don't know if that's strange or not, but <laughs> yeah, that it is. did. And uh, upon turning 100,000 miles, suddenly I now have a white puff of smoke, kind of a gray-white puff of smoke comes out of the exhaust just in the morning when I start it up when it's cold. Yeah. After that, it goes away and, it, and seems to be fine. Yeah. So, I, think that, I think that's a device which they hook up to the odometer. 
Yeah. So I think so. It, has dropped, it drops a little pellet <laughs> so, every morning. I'm, a little pellet of oil. <laughs> really? I kind of wonder if I should be concerned. Should I have this checked out? Is it just age? Well, what kind of a guy are you, Bill? Can you take bad news? Well. Or would you rather just close your eyes and touch up the x-rays? Well, I, what I know about cars can be summed up in a thimble. I'm, I'm a computer guy, so... Oh. I know computers, but not cars. But but somewhere deep inside, I kind of heard rings. And that's what's wrong with America. Not, not to interrupt you, but that's what's wrong with America today. Uh-huh. What's that? That guys don't know cars anymore. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Guys know computers. Yeah. It's not bad. the same. It's not the same. It's not macho enough. It isn't. Well, these days, you know, they're they're getting to have a lot of computers in, car, in cars. Well, that's well. all the you more reason. You can't you can't I seduce can, a woman in your computer. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how to fix it. <laughs> But when it says E, I know I should look for a station. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, are you the kind of guy who worries? That's my question. No. Oh, no, don't worry. You're not a worrying kind of You don't sound like a worrying kind of no. guy. Then I would say it's better you don't even know. Just uh-huh. forget about it. Just keep driving. There's nothing to worry about. In fact, there's, it's not there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh-huh. Nothing you should do about it, rather. No, what's wrong is you're beginning to burn oil. Okay. Now you you may be burning some of this oil through uh, worn valve guides or valve gu- or bad valve guide seals, but uh, it's unlikely. It's more likely that the rings are starting to go. Yeah, that's. I just had this, like I said, a suspicion somewhere. Yeah. I thought if I, you know, if it is rings, maybe I don't want to know. No, you don't want to know because I've already had the transmission basically replaced and the exhaust system replaced, and I just keep pouring money into this thing. <laughs> yeah. How often do you change the oil? Oh, uh... I can't even remember. Whenever. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> whenever. Okay, that's good. <laughs> whenever is good. Just keep doing that. <laughs> keep doing that. You're on the right schedule, and there's practically nothing you can do to prevent the inevitable. Uh, no, it may be another 40 that or could 50... Change. It may be another 40 or 50,000 miles before anything terrible happens. Uh, yeah. Well, that's... You know. On the other hand, and it is interesting... Uh, that we've seen many cases, and, I, and I, I have no logical explanation for this. Somebody will have a car that is run perfectly well, and uh, they've changed the oil on it every three or 4,000 miles very, very faithfully, and then all of a sudden it gets to a certain mileage, usually right around 100,000. They do another oil change. And they're down a quart. And then the next thing you know, two weeks later, it needs two quarts of oil. Mm. Where did the oil go? Yeah. Now, as a matter of fact, are you th- suggesting that once you reach a hundred thousand, you stop changing the oil? For no, no, but no. I, I suggest that something happens at a hundred thousand miles or thereabouts mm. to cause the thing to begin to burn oil for no apparent reason. I mean, if it didn't burn it at ninety nine, why should it burn it at one hundred and one? Same reason the hundred and five year old guy died on Saturday. Right. Yeah. Everything's going to happen sometime. I, I, I kind of like the idea of a device that, that wakes up at a hundred thousand and says, <laughs> time." But but this is such a prevalent phenomenon. That at the shop now, we will not change oil on vehicles that have 100,000 miles anymore. Someone comes, oh, no. Yeah. Malpractice. Oh, yeah. They'll blame you it's for too it. Too risky. You know they'll blame you for we it. We get blamed for everything anyway. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, don't do anything. Just keep driving, Bill. Everything is as it should be. There is nothing you can do. You must have You must have the wisdom to know what you can change and what not. What you can't change, and there's nothing you can do here. Well, that's great. Good luck, I, I Bill. you guys would be able to set me straight. <laughs> See you it's later. It's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, here's another guy that I would like to have cappuccino with. If he buys. Oh, so that's <laughs> given. <laughs> I mean, it isn't often that that happens, but every once in a while you just have this feeling, you know? This cosmic magnetism. Yeah. 
Bill would be a good guy, and maybe he could fix my damn computer. <laughs> well, you squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug, still the subway fugitive. Yeah. Not a slave to fashion, punk and lips Berman. Our associate producer and dean of the College of Automusicology is Ken Babyface Rogers. Our engineer and assistant producer is Jennifer. My bag's right outside the studio door lobe. What, and our... what holiday is it now? Off. Oh. And who, who knows? They're coming fast yeah. and furious. Yeah. <laughs> coming, they, this time of year, they just zing, 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 zing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any time between like July and May, I mean, it could be anything. I think she's taking a, a little uh, idea from the airlines. You know when you go to pre-board? Yes, pre-holiday. celebrating pre-Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> and our technical advisor... Currently on the North American Free Lunch Victory Tour <laughs> is John Bugsy, Sebastian, Mr. Height, Sweet Cheeks, Free Lunch, Twinkle Toes, Hula Hips, Donut Breath, Gigabyte, Make That, Two Triple Cheeseburgers, Lawler, whom we haven't seen in weeks. <laughs> we hear. Well, he's doing research. I'm sure he's doing research. Yes. Our public opinion poster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, our assisted by statistician Marge Novera. Our automotive Marginavera. Marge, you got it? <laughs> you got it, you got it, yeah. Our automotive medical researcher is Dr. Denton Fender. Our literary critics are Ernest and Julio Hemingway. The manager of our employee refrigerator is Carmen Dating. Our director of congressional funding is Fred Knott. Our director of automotive security is Boris Carlarm. Our director of gender studies is Amanda B. Reckoned with. Amanda <laughs> B. Got it? Okay. Yeah, got you might it. have to have an explanation. <laughs> our automotive registrar is Megan Model. Our director of country music is Stand By Your Man. And our child seat tester is Drew Lee Weiner. Our fleet manager is Oscar De La Rental. Our director of nutritional supplements is Rose Hips. Our director of Cadillac Steering, Toulouse to Track. Our staff marriage counselor is Marion Haste. Our wardrobe is by Natalie Attired. And of course, our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey Cheatham and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known around the house as Huey Louie Dewey. We're clicking clack the tablet, brothers. Thanks for listening, and don't drive like my brother. Don't Speed drive is. like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If for some stupid reason you want a copy of this week's show or you want a copy of the best of car talk on cassette or CD, you can call our shameless commerce division at 303-595-5905. I'll read that again for those of you who haven't taken the Evelyn Wood Speed writing course. The number is area code 303-595-5905, and this week's show is number 49. Car Talk is a production of Dewey Cheatham and Howe and WBUR in Boston. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. 25? What about the eight years we've been on? Celebrating 17 years of radio excellence and eight years of making excuses <laughs> for our show, this is NPR National Public Radio. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Get the service you deserve with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.